Welcome to the Happiness Dude Weekly Podcast, where we help you achieve more and be happier doing it. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Leonard. I'm excited to share with you some of the amazing stories and people like yourself that have found the secret to finding happiness in an ever-changing world. We will share real stories about real people. Let's be inspired as we seek greater happiness in our work and personal lives. In this episode, I had the amazing opportunity to interview Dan Ralphs. He is a dream manager and the founder of the Dream School. He was so articulate in helping us identify our ruts, those things that stop us from becoming who we can really become and helping us dream again. He even gave some practical steps that will help you create your list of dreams and help you take your success to the next level. Hello, Dan Ralphs. I am so excited to have you on the Happiness Dude podcast today. I'm excited because I have been following you and your career and following a little bit about what you do. And I am just so ecstatic that that you have had such a huge impact on my life personally and professionally that I thought, what a great opportunity to share a little bit about about how to how to achieve more because that's what we talk about on the Happiness Dude podcast is how to achieve more and be happier doing it and I am just excited to learn more about your methods and what you have to share. How are you doing today? Fantastic. How can I not be thrilled to be on with the Happiness Dude? <laughs> it just it just makes you laugh just thinking about it. It's just kind of fun. Isn't it, it, it does. It makes me happy. I, I don't know. I don't I can't explain it. It's a it's a phenomena that happens when you when you meet up with the happiness dude that it, it somehow showers or rubs off on you. Um, so thanks for sharing a little happiness with me today. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Well, I'm excited to learn a little bit about about Dan Ralphs about dreaming and what it means to be a dream manager. Start off by telling us kind of kind of what this is and maybe give us some examples. Yeah, great. Uh, so I know most people don't work in a place that has a dream manager. In fact, that's like my opening joke. Right? When, I, when I meet people, I say, hey, how many of you work in a place that has a dream manager? And the majority of people do not. Um, but many of us have worked in places where we've had dream crushers along the way. But uh, my opportunity was to, I got hired full-time for a small software company to be a dream manager, which meant my full-time job was to help people to identify, articulate, and then accomplish their personal dreams. And I know that that sounds, it's very akin. It's like the cousin to the fairy godmother, uh, but, it's, but it's a real thing, right? The reality is, is that the majority of human beings sit with unfulfilled dreams in their back pocket almost every day. And my kind of expertise, the thing that I've been studying and feeling I've just been passionately in pursuit of for years now is how do we help people in a real way take those dreams out of their back pocket and bring them into their lives so that they can live happier and more productive lives? I, I absolutely love it. I, now, you know, I have lots of dreams. And some of them are, are really quite simplistic and some of them are more in depth. Um, but sure. help, help me understand, you know, maybe what is a dream? Is it, is it just a goal? Is it just something that I want to accomplish in life? Great question. Great question. All right. But before I tell you what a dream is, I want to tell you what a dream is not. So we, we all, here's one of the first things I recognized when I started helping to coach people on their dreams 
one of the first things you recognize is that we all, I, I haven't met, a, I met one person, I should take it back, I met one person who may not have this function in their brain, but we almost all have a biological tendency to live rather boring or humdrum lives. Uh, it's much the same way, like if you imagine a deer in the forest and the deer wanders to water, if it wanders back and it doesn't die, which path is it going to take the next time? It's going to take the same path, right? It's going to follow the same path. Absolutely. And again and again and again until we have, until what's created in the ground, a little rut, a little path, something that guides the deer, that tells the deer, all right, I need to go down this path. And if it lives long enough to have a little deerlets, it's going to tell its deerlets, hey, follow this path. And we all have that same biological survival mechanism inside of our brains. And if you pay close attention, you'll start noticing that our brains like familiarity and consistency. And usually we, we, we hide that or we say, well, you know, well, it's just reasonable. It's not reasonable to go take on a new job or to start a new endeavor like you've been doing. It's not reasonable, right? Um, and really that's our brain's way of dismissing other possibilities. And so the first thing you recognize is that for the most part, we want to live, like we have a tendency to fall into survival mode and to stay there. And if for those listening, right, like you can kind of self-evaluate. And what percentage of my life is just going through the motions? And what percentage of my life am I fully awake and fully intentional? Oh, well, I was just, I was just going to say, you know, I know I get into that rut of, of just mm. how did I get home and and how did how did I get somewhere? You know, commuting yep. commuting seems to be the best example for me. Uh, when I would commute, although now my commute is a little bit shorter, um, you know, working <laughs> from yeah, right, work, working from home, but from, but from the bedroom to the living room, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you know, I remember those ruts where it was just you wake up when you get to the office and you almost have that scary realization of I. I just drove in rush hour traffic and I have yeah. hardly any recollection of what happened. We can be brain dead. I call it the glaze, right? Where you're in the glaze, where you're going through the motions, but you're not awake, you're not alive, you're not aware. And what's really scary, you know, Mark, is that people live weeks this way where they just go through the motions, sometimes years. And I've met one or two that have probably spent the majority of their life just going through the motions in survival mode and not doing very much dreaming at all. And so we have to kind of, first of all, have some kind of awakening where we recognize, I do this. And if I'm not careful, if I don't like let the alarm go off in my brain and say, if I'm, if I'm not careful, I could live a, a lifetime going through the motions. Um, if we don't have that alarm bell go off, then we can't really start doing what dreaming is. And dreaming is simply recognizing, pointing out, writing down possibilities that live outside of our rut that live off, off the path for us. There are possibilities that are desirable, but not necessarily reasonable according to our current survival mode standard. I just want to go back for just a quick moment. You said possibilities that live outside of the rut in our survival mode. Yeah. Yeah. And so that can be everything. It can be big or small, right? It can be something as small. For me, one of my dreams is to read The Hobbit. Um, I've never read The Hobbit, and so that's on the list. That's just a small thing. But, you know, I could go a whole lifetime without reading The Hobbit, and so I put it on my list. 
Um, and I, I put other things on the list, big things like helping a million people to accomplish a dream or um, to spend uh, a, a six months traveling with my family, things that, that for me um, are going to fill up and enrich my life. And so um, step number one in the dreaming process is simply to make a list of dreams. And uh, the reality is most of us have one or two, but it takes skill, it takes practice um, to maybe make a, a broader list. Well, I found for me when I was making my list, probably the first 20 or maybe even 30 were really easy to do. And and I was pushing myself personally to write down a list of 100 dreams. And, and I found by the time I hit 50, it was tough. It was really hard. And I've had to put it down and go back to it because I found that as I was writing down my dreams... What happened for me is I was naturally pushing aside some of my own naysayer, you know, the, the, the little voice inside yeah. that says you can't, or you shouldn't, or there's no way. Um, I found yeah. that as I push aside those negative voices, that my dreams started coming easier. And, and likewise, I mean, some of my dreams are, are simplistic, I guess you could say in nature. One of them, believe it or not, was to move to Arizona. And I, <laughs> isn't it ironic that here I am, uh, eight months after I wrote down those dreams, I opened up my dream book and I said, oh, guess where I live? I couldn't, I couldn't believe that I had put that out there so long ago. And all of a sudden it just came and, and here I am. And, and other dreams were a little bit more simplistic. You know, maybe it was, you know, lose five, 10, 15 pounds, or maybe it was, you know, pay off a, partic a particular debt. Um, and those are all good things to strive for. But when yeah. you, when you talk there, about, there is a little naysayer in your brain, right? Yeah. There's a little naysayer in our brain. Let me talk about that just for a minute. Cause I love that you pointed that out. Um, I remember I was sitting in a, in, in, in a session where I was chatting with and coaching a particular dreamer. He came in, he said, I said, what's the dream? And as with many people, his dream required money. And money usually shows up when, it, when we want a dream. Money's never the end, but it's often the means to accomplishing a dream. And so we spent some time talking about money. And I said, so how much more money do you need? And he said, I don't know, two, $3,000. I said, okay, but how much do you want? And he said, $4,000? And I said, $4,000? No, false. That is not how much you want. You want billion, right? Like if I showed up with a bag full of money, you're not just going to pick off $4,000 and say, yeah, I'm good after that. But what's funny is we, we feel like there's only so much we can ask that this rut that we live in actually curtails what we can even imagine is possible. And so when we get in the game of dreaming, we have, almost have to write almost like a fiction we have to get in a fiction mindset where we're making wild stuff up. This is why we're good at it as kids, right? Whereas because we don't have a lot of those negative, negative and cynical constraints that show up in our brains. I remember one day I was walking, I was standing next to a dream board where people would write their dreams on a wall. Um, and this kid came up probably six, seven, eight years old, wrote his dream on the wall. And his dream was, I want to learn to fly. That's a great dream. And he said, I said, so what do you mean by learn how to fly? And he looked up at me like disgusted as if I were the stupidest person on the planet. And he goes, 
like a superhero, of course. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, and it's awesome, right? Because for him, there wasn't all of this constraint that had been built up by years of following a, a path that led to some level of survival. He didn't have all that constraint that had shown up yet. And so to start with, we, as we dream, in fact, what, what Mark, I'm telling you right now, there's some people listening, and as they listen to this, their constraint, their rut is, is starting to chime in about this point in the conversation. And it's saying things like, but there are constraints. I don't have enough, right? And those, that voice, that little, that little voice that's chiming in right about now, that's the one I'm talking about. So just point at that voice and recognize what it is. Because in order for us to start, even start dreaming and to start to chase down our dreams, we have to wake up and become aware that we have these limitation, limiting voices that live in our heads. And when we do, we become much more powerful people and we can go accomplish things that otherwise we might not be able to. I, I absolutely love that. I, I, it's amazing what happens when you, when you see something and you give a, a name to it and you kind of label it and say, hey, that, that, that's my naysayer voice because yeah. up until that point, it's almost nebulous, right? It's almost this thing that, well, I know there's something out there that's stopping me, but it isn't until we physically identify and label it and say, that is my naysayer. And if I, if I didn't invite my naysayer to dinner, then why is naysayer speaking? Because one of the best things I found to do is once I identify it, just just quickly uninvite the naysayer part of me. Yeah. And and yeah. it takes practice and it and it takes this this inner drive to say, what do I really want? Do, do I want my dream or do I want my naysayer? And and I think the naysayer is the easy voice. It's it's the easy voice that we all listen to. And you can think it because it's really trying to protect you, right? It's the same voice that some people in our lives, I don't know if you've experienced this, but when you start chasing down dreams, there are going to be some voices in your life that, that join the, the, the chorus of the naysayer. And when those voices show up, it's, it's only because they care about you. So imagine again the deer and when if the little deerlet starts wandering from the path, the mother deer is not going to shoo it back onto the path because it hates the deer. <laughs> it's because it loves the deer that it's going to try to get it back on the path. And so we have to recognize that voice that's trying to protect us is a great voice, and we should say, thank you very much, but I'm, I'm not going to go that direction. I'm going to go over here, where we kind of just kind of come in command of, uh, of that voice. Because the reality is that voice isn't, isn't a very smart one. It's not a logical one, nor does it spend time analyzing possible threats in any meaningful way. Um, for example, I remember I was sitting with a dreamer, and she said, my dream is to be more creative. And I said, awesome, what does that look like? She said, I want to take a commu- course at the community college. I want to learn to do glass blowing or glass forging or something with glass. I was like, that's awesome. I said, well, what's stopping you? And her answer, well, nothing. I just have to call and schedule. And so we're sitting kind of almost across the table from each other. And I pull out my phone and I reach out to hand my phone to her. And she recoils like it's some kind of poison that I'm not trying to hand her. And I was like, uh, I thought you just needed a call. But it's that voice, it's that fear that it's not reasonable. There wasn't any real reason for her not to call, 
yet she recoiled. And it's that, that little line, that little uh, overcoming that fear, um, which really is my specialty, right, is helping people to uh, get in the game and start actually chasing down a dream instead of just talking about it or looking out the window at it, but actually getting in the game where they're living their life without regrets. Oh, I, I love that. Living their life without regrets. So uh, you were talking about kind of this, you know, we've identified fears, we've identified some of these naysayers and, and we, we all, that resonates with the vast majority of us that are listening or participating. Mm-hmm. And you said, you know, there are some steps to, to creating your dreams. And the first one you said was to create a list of dreams. What, what would be the next step? Yeah. Uh, great question. Um, so there, there is a little bit of a journey that any dreamer will go on. And when we work with dreamers at, at dream school, um, which is the company I'm the founder of, um, we we follow kind of really about seven or eight steps. And the first one is just to become aware that we have a rut and that we're in it. <laughs> so, right, the first pro- first step to solving any problem is to admitting we have one, right? So first, we just got to become aware that we do. We are in a little bit of a rut. We need to get out of it. Second step, like I said, is to dream, to imagine new and different possibilities. After that, we need to choose one of those dreams we're going to pull out of the clouds and we're going to make more practical by making it a goal and committing to that goal and saying, Hey, listen, we're going to follow through on that. And then after that, we need to articulate, get clear and committed to the goal. And then it's just a matter of taking definite and deliberate steps towards accomplishing um, that goal. And the funny part is, is when, when people get, so people start chasing down a dream, inevitably they run into roadblocks. And really, we either have a problem to solve or an action to take. Well, no matter what the, what, the, what the hurdle we run into, we either have a problem to solve or an action to take. And, as, and we, are, as adults, are really good at solving problems. We're really good at taking actions. And we just can apply those same skill sets we've developed, regardless of our profession, um, in moving forward. And, um, and what's really cool is as you start chasing down your dream, as you start taking steps in the right direction, as you start altering habits, um, thoughts and expectations. Um, eventually, you get to a point where, which I call the new normal, where the the living the dream life is as normal as the living the life that you had before. Um, and so you actually just take really cool steps in the direction of a dream, and the next thing you know, the dream life is the normal life, and then it's time to go find another dream and, and pursue a new one. Uh, I. I never thought about that, that the dream life can become the normal life when you really start dreaming and really start getting yeah. outside of your own way. You could really accomplish a lot in your life. And yeah. Anything from the absolutely audacious to to the the norm, I guess. I don't know if I want to yeah. say a dream is norm, but, but there are some dreams that are norm. Um, you know, I want to further an education. I want to take a cooking class. I want to, whatever that may be, um, figuring out. Well, sometimes we forget we've been through this before, right? Um, so when I was in high school, my dream was to grow up, get a college degree, um, make a bunch of money, own my own car, marry a beautiful woman, right? All of those things seemed absolutely crazy when I was in high school, right? Those seemed like, what would that be like? They were dreams. 
And now it's just matter of fact. I have a beautiful life. I have a car that functions and drives me around places, right? <laughs> I have a house of my own. Like the amount of money I make, which isn't probably enormous compared to some, compared to my high school self, if I would have told him how much money I was making, he would have been like, dude, you're awesome, right? <laughs> and so we've been through this before. And it's a mat- what the trouble is, is that at most adults stop making that same level of progress somewhere around the age 28 or 30. We slow down. And that same progress we made from high school to 30 uh, we make a very only a fraction of that same level of progress from 30 to 60 or from 60 to 90. And there's no reason why that should happen, why we should slow down, other than we just get better at settling for where we are. <laughs> better for, we get better at settling for where we are. Well, you, you're, you're making me a little uncomfortable, Dan. You're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're making me a little uncomfortable only because I'm starting to ask myself, where have I settled? And, and one of the yeah. things, one of the things I really try to drive home with my children is, um, mediocrity, it, apply that to any facet of life. Mediocrity is just kind of getting through life. It, it's kind of mm. like that C and I don't, and I don't personally require my children to get A's because I myself was an incredibly late bloomer. You know, I almost flunked out of college twice and, mm. and it, you know, four grades because I was flunking everything. Uh, I transferred schools at one point because I didn't think they were going to invite me back. I did so terribly scholastically and so I don't, I don't invite my kids and say, you have to get an A, you have to be the top of your class because I myself was not. The irony is I was just persistent and I just kept yeah. going and trying and trying and suddenly, you know, everything clicked for me when I hit my master's degree and then my doctorate, everything just clicked and now uh I learn at a different level than I did before. And it has nothing to do with the doctorate. It just has, I finally matured enough and matriculated through yeah. this whole idea of how to learn that it just clicked for me. And, and yeah. I really try to teach my, my kids and anyone I come in contact with is mediocrity is, is not, it's kind of like you're just settling. It's just, yeah. I'm just doing it. Or for you, the glaze going through the motions. Yeah, like I, I think about a lot of people will, because um, dreaming really is an escape from what most people would call a comfort zone. And, and, and what's funny is that we call it a comfort zone because at the end of the day, have you ever met the person who's completely uncomfortable in their comfort zone? <laughs> They're kind of like the, my life is miserable. Well, then change your life. Well, I hate changing my life more than I hate my life kind of people, right? They're, they're completely uncomfortable and yet they, they, they refuse to move out of their, out of their spot. And, and now I, I, like, let me pause for a minute because Mark, I think there are probably people listening who, um, and, and I, and I coach a lot of moms. I coach a lot of mompreneurs. I coach a lot of entrepreneurs and, and man, it is life is busy and chaotic. And sometimes it feels like you're barely able to keep your head above water, much less, chase down dreams, right? It's one thing to get 
like barely get dinner on the table and feed yourself, much less, you know, feed yourself with lobster. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and so I think it's important to just kind of uh, recognize that survival mode sometimes is far more constrained and oftentimes more difficult than living the dream. And that, that seems totally counterintuitive. And there's a big part of your brain that's going to push back against that. But it's actually the dreamers, it's actually the ones who go chase their dreams that typically have the most freedom, not the ones who, who hang out in survival. And so the question becomes, how do you get from survival where I'm just barely, I can't even keep the house clean, much less you know, be on a yacht in Mexico to being on a yacht in Mexico? And how do you make that journey and that transition? Because the reality is, is that it feels overwhelming just with what's on my plate right now. And, and honestly, um, you know, I, I, first of all, I, I have, my heart feels for the person who's in that seat. You know, I've been there before where I remember turning to my wife one day as a young entrepreneur and saying, sweetheart, there are programs that will feed us if we can't pay the bills. <laughs> and good news, we live in America, there's like food shelters. And I mean, that's where we were. And um, I even told her I'd go pick up the food so, she, so as to save her from embarrassment. And because, you know, when you're starting off, there isn't a lot to go around. Um, but what I've discovered is that when we devote even small fractions of our time to dream, when we put in that 10% or 5% of our time or even 1% of our time, we can devote to chasing a dream, whatever that dream might be. Not only does it add greater happiness and inspiration in our life, but it also opens doors to where we can increase the amount of wealth and freedom and power that we have in our lives. And usually over time, that allows us to open more doors to where we can move to Arizona, seemingly at the drop of a hat and where we can work from home and where we can do really great and fun things and live lives that are a little bit more fulfilling. You know, let's let's talk about that mompreneur who is really struggling to to get dinner on the table, to try to run her business, to support a family, to to also all of the the constant pressures that are upon her to to look after neighbors, to everything that's going on. Let let's talk about her for just a moment because I I too yeah. talk with a tremendous amount of of women who are kind of in that boat and dinner seems mm. to be the most stressful time of the day. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. We call that the witching hour around here in the Ralph's home where we have five kids and that's when they all go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and every kid gets hangry at the same time. And the mom is going, <laughs> yeah. I have been working day long, day in, day out, and I'm just exhausted. And I, I don't even yeah. have time to, to put on my makeup and time to do my hair, let alone, you know, I'm feeling stressed about making mac and cheese out of yeah. a box again. And, and, and by the way, nothing wrong with mac and cheese out of a box. I just saying, but, but you know, what, what advice would you give to that mom who's just overwhelmed and just stretched yeah. so thin? Yeah. It's funny. I, I remember I was talking to a mom just like that. Um, and she, you know, one of the things I coach a lot of women um, who are in this case, in this scenario, and, and one of the first things we do is we re we identify one particular dream that they want to work on and chase down. And her dream 
which I loved was, you know, my dream is to um, teach my kids to dream and to show them that effort and passion and work um, produces great results. That was her dream, kind of stated dream. And, and I said, that's awesome. So her visualization of that was that our kid, her kids would know and understand how to dream. Um, and so my first bit of advice would be to find some dream that you can feel connected and committed to. Well, then she went to work and she, she dove into her business with more passion than ever. Um, and the business started, started growing, started being successful. Um, but not always, like on a lot of days, um, it didn't go well. And those, on those days we would, I would coach her and we would chat and she would say, listen, it's not going well. Um, am I, is this dream really the right dream? But what she then would tell me, she said, it's not going great for me, but my kids are, are starting their dream list. And my son is starting to save money so that he can, I think his son's dream was to send his grandma on a trip to Alaska. So he was saving money, her 11, 12 year old son. And, and so I guess I'm telling this story to really highlight two points. Um, point number one is, man, to live a meaningful and purpose-driven life is one of the greatest things a parent can do. And so I'm thinking of those mompreneurs who are out there trying to make it work. First of all, like you are heroes in your own right and doing great, great things. And you're teaching your children that it's normal uh, to chase down something big. So congratulations, you're already on that game. And second is when we do identify and we find some dream, whether that's traveling or learning to play the oboe or um, getting out of debt or whatever the dream might be, when we model that for our children, we set a powerful example of what it looks like to be a, an adult who's learning and growing and struggling. And man, there's, there's just great benefit to our families as we go. And so the simple answer is, again, find one dream, make a list, find one dream, and then, um, and then kind of carve out whatever time you can to start moving towards that dream. As I always tell my moms, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And so even if it's a small amount of time, um, uh, you know, if I were to walk, choose to walk from here to New York, um, there are only three options. I'd either quit, I would die, or I'd make it to New York. And as long as we, are, we keep persisting, like you said, um, we're going to make it. I, I really think that's so much of, a, of the key to success in life is just being willing to be persistent recognizing when the naysayer within our own head is telling us otherwise and, and not, and and the other thing that I see that happens so often is we forget our gratitude. We forget the things that we've accomplished. We've been going on this marathon Mm -hmm. for so long. We're tired. We're exhausted. We just don't feel like we can make it another step. And, and it's especially at those moments that I encourage people to look to see what they have accomplished look at how far they have come. And and it's not just the intended consequences. It's not just, hey, look at how far I've made it on my journey and my walk from here to New York, but rather what is the unintended? Who are we impacting by our example? Mm. What, what do our kids yeah. see? What do our friends see? And, and it's those yeah. where those beautiful miracles of life exist. 
you know, and that's one of the things we teach right at the beginning of our dream school course is we teach the importance of really recognizing all the great and happy things that are in our lives already, all the dreams we've already accomplished. Um, because much the same as the, there's a, there's a story that's told of a couple not too many years ago, two or three years ago, who was walking in their backyard uh, in Northern California and they uncovered this, this old rusty can. And when they opened the can, they discovered these old, these gold medallions, these gold coins. And when they went and took them in to be evaluated, they were worth $10 million. Um, they found $10 million in their backyard. And, and you know, sometimes, uh, Mark, you know, part of happiness is just recognizing what we already have and what millions do we already have in our own backyard. Before we go venturing off on new adventures, we want to recognize and feel grateful for what we already have. Beautiful analogy. Absolutely beautiful analogy for life. A beautiful analogy for how I think both you and I try to help other people live their lives is to recognize the great blessings that they have and recognize the dreams mm -hmm. that they can achieve. And we just are here to help them achieve more and, and yeah. whatever, whatever that looks like for them, it's their dream, not, not ours. And I think that's a beautiful analogy. Yeah. Yeah. So go start digging around in your backyard. That's the secret. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I've got a shovel. I I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to, ready to dig. Yeah. Well, well Dan, I, oh, really, yeah, that's awesome. I've really enjoyed just chatting with you and learning a little bit more about dreaming and learning a little bit more about, you know, kind of the ruts that are stopping us and the fears and learning more about, about, having gratitude and seeing how far we've come on our journey. What would be your last parting piece of advice to everyone that's listening? All right. So I'm a dream manager. You know that Mark. And so I want to turn on my dream manager hat for a minute for anyone who's listening. And um, so for some of you, you'll listen to this call. It'll be inspiring. And you'll say, Oh, that's nice. And you'll kind of go back to the rut and, or, or maybe you're already chasing dreams, whatever it is, you'll go back to what you do. And that'll be great. And this will have been a great experience for you. But for some others, I want to I challenge you a little bit. And here's the challenge I want to make for you. Um, if you want to keep, uh, if you want to start in, in earnest to start chasing down a dream, here's the challenge. Number one is to make a list of dreams. It can be a list of as ambitious as Mark's to get to 100 dreams, or it can be a list of 15 or 20. But just to literally pull out a piece of paper and pen and start making a list. And then to choose one off that list that pulls you forward, that excites you, that makes you feel like, man, I, that might make, I might be interested in chasing that down. And if you're willing to share it with me, um, then send me an email and um, shoot me an email and I will, and I'll respond and I'll kind of say, all right, here's what's next. Here's how you take the next step. Because I believe that sometimes chasing dreams, we just got to take it one baby step at a time. And so your first baby step, this is my challenge, is to make a small list of dreams, choose one dream that you feel like you might want to start chasing down, and then to send it to me. And so I'm going to give you an email you can send it to. The email is mydream, should be easy to remember, mydream at thedreamblog.com, thedreamblog.com. So if you send an email to mydream at thedreamblog.com, then we can, I'll give you the next step, um, and we can start working towards that dream together. Because again, my dream is to help as many people accomplish their dreams as possible. That's what I'm up to. 
And uh, if I can help you with yours, then that would be kind of my fi final bit of advice. Not uh, a piece of advice, but an action to take uh, so that you can get in the game and actually start chasing down even a small dream uh, to start living <laughs> living the life of your dreams. Absolutely. Oh, Dan, thank you so much. I, I'm excited. I, hope, I really hope that uh, the folks listening will take on that challenge. And I really hope that they will will accept the not only the, their ability to dream, but really it's kind of, I look at it as it's their right to dream. We were raised to dream when we were young. We were told, at least I was, you can become anything you want to become. You have that ability. And somewhere along the line, and I don't think I was 27, 28, I think I was younger, when I started listening to the, no, you can't become, and insert whatever my yeah. dream was at the time. And, and it wasn't until I began to dream again and began to take steps that I realized that, that my dream is really to elevate happiness in this world. Yeah. And, and it, I love it. It just, it makes me emotional every time I say it because I want to see people happy. And there's so many wonderful ways that we can express our happiness. And yet, so many people go through the doldrum of life and they have this sour outlook. And, and I go, Oh, if you could only see what I see, if they could only yeah. see the amazing abilities and powers and amazing amazingness of who they are would would they be able to open up and see their dreams and i think that's what just makes dreaming so powerful and happiness so powerful is it works in tandem to help us become who we really are yeah i love it you know we would never speak to our newborn children the way we speak to ourselves like we never pull we never have that baby in our arms and look down and say yeah you're probably pretty average or I don't think, I don't think you'll ever really amount to much. Or you're kind of, you know, you're going to be a mid-level manager the rest of your life, right? We never, we never look at our babies that way and 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 speak to them that way. And yet sometimes we speak to ourselves that way. And um, but that's okay. That's just kind of the way. Um, again, that rut, that biology kind of behaves for us to get a little stuck. But we can get unstuck, and that's what excites me about. Uh, the work that I get to do and that you get to do is to help people just get a little unstuck from where they are in life. And again, it's not, it doesn't have to be big dramatic things. It can be just small little changes that can get us in a, in a much, much better place. Well, I love it. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate the time that you've spent with us. I hope that everyone uh, takes help Dan uh, Rouse's Dream Manager Challenge, and that is to create a small list of dreams. It could be small, it could be big, wherever it is, start with the list of dreams. Choose one that excites you. Choose one that you really want to start working towards, whatever that may be. And then send an email to Dan, and you could send that email to mydream at thedreamblog.com. And then he will email you back with kind of some next steps. And what a, what a great opportunity it is for us each to take on an opportunity to, to dream, to live, and to be excited. Thank you, Dan, for all the time that you've spent, and I can't wait to chat with you again. I would like to thank Dan Ralphs, the Dream Manager, for joining us today. To find out more about Dan and his dream school, you can find him at thedreamblog.com. Also, when you email Dan at mydream@thedreamblog.com, he will send you the next steps to help you with your dream. 
If you loved learning and being inspired today, make sure you subscribe to the Happiness Dude podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. When you leave a positive rating and share this episode, more people like yourself can hear these inspiring stories. To find more information about Dr. Mark Leonard and The Happiness Dude, follow The Happiness Dude on Facebook for all announcements, events, and happiness insights. Or you can visit his website at thehappinessdude.com.